You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush and Ben Taylor. What's up, everybody? We're back again, and we're all the way back. Kyle and Ben, and we're all the way back in studio. I don't know if we're all the way back. We are back in studio, which is awesome. Now I can make fun of you to your face instead of behind your back. I can see you now. (laughs) Dude, you've lost so much weight. You look good. I'm working my way out of the dad bod for some reason. You got to, dude, you got to keep the branding up. We need to eat some tacos or something after we get done with this. Yeah. Since the, uh, since the surgery, those of you that missed it last episode, I had an emergency appendectomy and uh, was on like a liquid. I don't, I don't suggest this diet to anybody, by the way. No. Uh, I was on a liquid only diet. They had me on for like the first five days before they let me eat any solid foods. And then when I did, you know, your body has to get back used to something. Yes. Like I didn't want any because they had me hooked up to IVs and everything else. So I didn't want any food. So I ate like a roll one day. <laughs> Some crackers. And then ate like cheesecake the next day because I was craving something like something sweet. There you go. And uh, so now I'm finally. That'll get it back on there. I'm sure the weight's going to get back on because <laughs> the way I lost it is not the way you're supposed to lose it. No. Uh, so I, yeah, I've ended up losing close to 15 pounds in two weeks. And uh, like you said a while ago, you said, man. You're like all shriveled up. <laughs> I'm telling you, losing it fast like that is not the way to go. Because then you look like a bloodhound. Everything starts just falling off of you, man. So no, we're glad uh, to glad to be back. Glad to be back in studio together. This is episode 18. Yep, That's we're still awesome. not fired yet. Still haven't fired ourselves yet. We've come close a few times, but I'm so excited too. You got you you brought your mic in studio today. Whenever you are um, not in studio, I got me one ordered. Yeah, so we're, we're going to be... I had mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw it, dude. You got a little flare on it. You got uh, you got the the solid black one. We were talking about my wedges last episode, the 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 blue blue wedges. I got the same mic. Nice. So I may have to, every it's time branding. I use it, I may, have to, I may have to have my wedges with me, or at least one with me. It's on brand, bro. Yeah, keep, keep the brand going. Looking forward to it. Speaking of brands, we'll talk more about those coming up from uh, Swanee's and from Sweet Rolls and everything else. So uh, we got to talk more about that. Here a little bit, but let's get into it, man. Yeah, get a little bit more, get to know us. Yes. And uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about what we feel like our strengths are on the golf course and where we can improve. Mm-hmm. We always talk that, you know, that's what the average dude is always talking about. This is what I do really good. This is what I do really bad. Um, what we've done, <laughs> like the crazy links we've gone to get, to get better at the things we suck at, just stuff like that. Yeah. Like I said, just open up so you can, you know, feel like you can relate to us a little, even that much more. So my it, when it comes to me, number one, one thing that I regret is not ever getting lessons when I was younger. Just having some professional take a look at me and because my swing, people have seen it. We've posted videos. I, I've sent stuff. I mean, it is a violent swing. I know unorthodox. Where, I know where it's going. Yeah. I know what I'm doing, but. That that you can look at that swing and tell that guy has had no formal training whatsoever, <laughs> and it's funny because some of the swings that you look at is when um, you're looking at with an iron in my hand, and I I mentioned this a little bit on the last episode. Uh, my iron play is just atrocious. Anytime you get six, five, four, the longer ones, hybrid, the three wood, they make them so forgiving now where they're glorified drivers with a small head. I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah, it can get me in trouble. That's because I've tried to do too much and I've you know, uh, I've either I've either snap hooked it or I've pushed it way right trying to do something stupid. Uh, so I wouldn't call that an, an issue. Um, 
you know, off the tee, if, if I had strengths, I'm going to hit a little baby fade just about every time. And I even got a buddy in our little group that plays it. It He, you can hear him mumble it every, every time. Cause it frustrates me when I miss a fairway too, because he'll say, Mr. Automatic, like he'll, he'll just mention it. Cause I'm not very long, but it's going to be straight and I'm going to be in the fairway. Right. So I'm giving myself a chance and then my iron play just goes to crap. <laughs> so then I'm missing green. So then that's my other strength is being able to get up and down and use my wedges and, um, and my putter. So, uh, my short game is, but yeah, if it came to, and that and that hurts me on par threes because I'm using an iron on a, I'm usually yeah. using a, a a seven six five on on a par three, and your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I feel good standing over it, and it does not go where I want it to go, or I'm trying to hit too much club, or I'm trying to ease up and end up blocking it out or something. So um, my biggest weakness is probably going to be. My iron play, and I've tried everything, man. I've tried from, <laughs> I've tried getting new irons, forgiving irons. I told you I put in graphite. graphite shaft so I could, you know, I could soften my swing a little bit and just try to control it, just hit it straight. Yeah. And I still, it gets to that point where it's, and every now and then I get, I get the confident. It's, it's in between my ears because every now and then I get confident. I mean, I'm 135, 140 out. I'm grabbing that nine iron or I'm grabbing that wedge and I'm like, I know this is going to be within 20 feet. So I, mean, I know I'm going to have a birdie putt. Right. Um, but most of the time, I'd say 85% of the time, I got an iron in my hand. I'm sitting there going, because somebody will say, what are you hitting? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> instead of thinking, instead of thinking and trusting the swing, you're thinking, where can I miss this and not? Well, I guess that's kind of how you're supposed to think, but you're not thinking. I shouldn't be thinking that with a seven iron in hand, right? Where can I miss this? You're I, sort of thinking. You're sort of thinking how to mitigate damage yeah. versus thinking yes. about how can I get this on the green. Oh, there's I, no doubt. Yeah, like it's. It, it. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm I'm sitting there going, I'm standing over it, and I'm like, don't short side yourself. Just whatever you do. So then I end up <laughs> blocking it out right and, and short side yourself. You know, yeah, exactly. Or the extreme opposite. Or the extreme opposite, where now <laughs> I got a seventy yard pitch shot into you know, or a seventy yard wedge, you know, sand wedge, or a sand shot that everybody hates because it's right. that it's that tweener, and uh, so that's probably the that's probably where I lose a ton of strokes because um, I've said before with the way I putt. Well, if I could just be because I got the fairways down. I mean, I yet do I miss fairways? Yes. Do I just completely lose a bunch of balls and blow it way out of? No, I don't. I mean, I'm going to be barely off. I may get in a little trouble every now and then where I got to take my medicine and go back out in the fairway and then go up from there. Um, but for the most part, you know, everybody goes, ah, if you just do fairways and greens, I'm like, that's the problem. <laughs> I can get the fairways part. I can't hit the green. <laughs> uh, I, I say it every time. One of the biggest nemesis um, at the at it, Robert Trent Jones, the late course, number nine, coming in the clubhouse in the back. I will be in the middle of the fairway every time, and I'm going to miss that green right or left. It yep. does not matter where the pin is, and that's the funny thing. There's been buddies when it's in the, the – the, that green is so long. That green's probably 75 yards long. And so I've had buddies like, what are you hitting? Are you hitting a seven? Are you hitting a six? Are you hitting an eight? What are you hitting? Like, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to hit the green. Like, I might as well take a wedge and lay up short when the, when the pin's in the front and take my chances of getting up and down. Right. Um, when it's in the back, I might as well take a – hybrid and blow it over the green and hope that I can get up Chip and down up and from net, there. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's so frustrating because to know that I'm going to be in the middle of the fairway and I have not a clue of what's going to happen next, next yeah. is by far the most frustrating thing imaginable. That's tough. So yeah, that's the, that's the way strength probably 
getting short off game and short game and getting off the tee. And again, this I wouldn't call getting off the tee a strong thing just because it's going to be 260 out there, 250, 260 every single. But I'm not going to miss the fairway. So right. I'm giving myself a chance. You're in the hole. I'm just not capitalizing off my chances that I'm giving myself. Sure. I get it. I get it. Um, I would say that my strength, I don't want to just broadly say length. I want to say something like, I guess, um, I don't know if it's hand-eye coordination mm-hmm. with the longer clubs that I have uh, because from the time I kind of started to play golf, I was always able to hit the ball, you know, hit it out there, push mm-hmm. it out there. So that kind of always – I was able to hit a golf. I was able to swing a golf club and hit it the way I guess I'm on the good ones. How mm-hmm. I'm supposed to hit it, uh, and the distance, the distances that I have are not going to be far off from, you know, most any of the you know more top skill level type guys. Mm-hmm. I don't have nearly the consistency as far as accuracy and things like that go. But I just feel like. The, my ball striking, not the not the statistic, you know, actually just striking the ball has always been a strength of mine. Mm-hmm. I don't have just a ton of miss hits. Now, directional wise, I may hit big, big high draws. I may kind of block them out to the right, but as far as like having that crisp, that that the impact of the club to the ball or hitting the ball off the tee, um, I don't just miss. Right. A lot. Right. Like I'm, I'm hit, I'm hitting the ball out there. You know, I can push the driver out past 300. Yeah. You know, I can hit, uh, you know, I can hit an easy six, you know, somewhere around 200 yards. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot, that's a big advantage, especially when, you know, some of the par fives that I play, you're going to be around, you know, somewhere in that 200, you could be in that 200 yard range and you feel, feel comfortable, feel confident that mm-hmm. you don't have to overpower something to get it there. You, you know, you can just throw throw a you know a six up there and, and and get it there. So that's longer than Murakawa, by the way. I would say, I would say the just ball striking in general, not the like I said, not the statistic because my ball striking statistics is probably not not very good. <laughs> but uh, just being able to the hand eye, just being able to hit the, hit the golf ball solid, I would mm-hmm. say is probably my biggest, by far my biggest strength. Mm-hmm. It's always you know I can. No matter how bad I'm playing, I can always have a chance to birdie a par five. Right. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So that's definitely that's definitely my strength. And then I've talked about it, I've harped on it, but ever since I played golf, there's something wrong with the way I put the ball. And I <laughs> I don't know what it is. I've had uh I've had like I've been on some of the most advanced putting equipment, like as far as uh in in like a like for a lesson, I've had some of right. the most advanced putt, Sam putt lab, whatever you want to call it, like all the most advanced putting stuff. I've got the blast motion sensor that I use to work on tempo and things like that. Like I've, I've used the most advanced, whatever mm-hmm. it comes to figure out. I, Cause I just feel like there's just something, some little thing off that I can't quite, that I can't, and I can't quite pinpoint what it is. And because that little thing is off, it ends up being, it ends up putting that in my head, which makes you even more of a head case when you have those five, six footers that you have to have to say par or, you know, giving yourself a chance at those, you know, 15 to 20 footers. For, is that a for confidence birdie. thing? 
I really I, don't. I really don't know. Because with me, like if I if I've got a long putt, if I got a, it comes and goes. If I got a 30, 50 foot putt, I'm like, just get it within five feet. You you can. That's a tap in for me. Like I, I'm confident enough to know that if I'm within five feet, unless there's like a, you know, there's some greens where you get within five feet and you you still got a swinger. Now, right. Now that's. I think that's hard for any golfer, including pros. You see pros barely sneaking in the side door whenever they got a, a swinger from inside five feet. But that's, I'm just wondering if that's a confidence issue, too, because, I mean, that's that's my thing. If I can get it within – everybody talks about that three-foot circle from long putts, like lagging it up. There. Nah, if I'm within five feet, I feel confident enough that I can just walk up there and rake it in and go. See, I don't. I don't have that confidence. And lag putting is atrocious, as that we talked about with – I talked about it with Nate. Like, I – you know, I, I don't – it's like I have too many things going on in my head. You know, I'm thinking about how far do I bring the putter back, how much do I accelerate, uphill lag putts in general. Like, I, it's it's a miracle if I can two-putt it. If it's anything over, you know, 30 or 40 feet and it's uphill, I can't – I just can't do it. I can't hmm. do it. There's a hole There's a hole on our course. It's not a hard golf hole. I hit the fairway a vast majority of the times, okay? It's number 11. Yep. And it's only two tiers. Yep. Okay. And it's not a incredibly severe slope from the bottom to the top. That's but a short hole too. It's a pretty short hole. Yeah. Uh, it can it can be short because it's kind of like you know downhill pretty much the whole way. But if the pins on the back and I hit the bottom tier, you know the green's not super big. It's probably only a thirty or forty foot putt. Yeah. I'm not going to two putt that hole. <laughs> I have to be on the same. I have to be on the back tier. I've, it's almost like I almost have to play to where that hole where I play long, yeah. you know, because if I'm on that bottom tier, I cannot, I just cannot uphill lag, but it's like I black out and just, I'll just either leave it incredibly short or I'll hit it. So I'll, I'll put it off the green. Like, it's just, it's weird. I don't, I don't know if it's, it's gotta be a mental thing. It's, I just don't, whatever I'm doing, I don't feel super confident in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I'll blame it on putters. I'll blame it on. All kind of things. Yeah, how many putters you got in, in your? I have two. I had three. I sold one today. Okay, I'm actually leaving here. And I'm going to go ship it. <laughs> but uh, I got two putters, and I think that's probably got something to do with it too. I'll, I'll want to play around and tinker, and not mm-hmm. really get comfortable uh, with one. So that's just all. I guess it's just always going to be, and it'll be. I'll be streaky where there'll be sometimes where I can just. I feel like I'm going to make everything I look at. That, that those those rounds are pretty rare, but you know, and then other times it's like everything's defensive. Mm-hmm. Every putt is how can I two putt this instead of like let's go try to make let's try to make this. It's like how can I make sure I don't screw this up and end up three putting. Mm-hmm. So I think when you th- and and when you think about three, if you think about trying not to three putt a lot, you're going to oh, three putt a lot. The worst thing you can- <laughs> instead I mean, of I- trying to make a putt, you're you're trying to figure out how to two putt it, and you're going to you're going to screw it up. I mean, we got a couple of buddies. That's one of our things. Is when we're in our group, uh, we got this this one buddy that uh, he has he he gets the yip sometimes. He he gets uh, that way where he loses confidence and just to get in his head. I mean, if he hits it beyond twenty feet of the hole, if he we're like nice three putt. Like we go ahead and throw it out yeah. there for him. And and I know, listen, he'll say it doesn't bother him. You, I know it's going through his head <laughs> where he's standing over. And he's going just don't three putt. Just this. don't three putt. Just 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 lag it up there. We play a game. Um, it's just it's a it's a simple game. But like one of the things we 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 pay out for is close to the pin on par threes. Mm-hmm. With the uh, I'm sure a lot of you out there do this, but with the caveat that. 
if you are the closest, you have to two putt or you owe everybody else whatever value we put on a point. So, for example, if I'm close to the pin and I three putt and there's three other guys in my group, they just all got a point on me. Yeah. So, and there's always the joke is always if Kyle's closest, everybody's high five and that's an automatic. <laughs> That's an automatic point. You know what I mean? They joke yeah. about it. And then it, that gets in my head. So then I'm trying not to three putt just so they can't laugh at me. And then I end up doing this. It's, it's maybe that's why I'm, don't get me wrong. I'll still have three putts. Like it just, <laughs> it, you can't, you can't avoid pros can't avoid. I mean, there's it, you saw it. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was a couple of tournaments ago. It was prior to the open, uh, where some guy five putted, I forgot who it was. And then you saw another four putt, like it happens, but and that some of that's got to be people getting in a hurry, but um, it we maybe that's what when I was in college and we were playing, we had a group of guys that played. You talk about doing it on par threes. We did that on every hole. If you ever three putted a hole, everybody got a dot except you. So you Ooh. you had to. So that was every hole. That's pressure. So, so yeah, that doing doing that for eighteen holes, you start you know you start trying to cut back on the three putts quite a bit. Maybe that if maybe it, that if, has something to do with it. If there was something that I could do to just say that I was just going to cut back on three putts. <laughs> I guess I just need to hit it closer. Yeah, there you go. Do. Just hit it closer. So, like I said, striking the golf ball has always been a strength mm-hmm. of mine. Putting has always, no matter what, has been my weakness. But you know what is not one of my weaknesses What anymore? is that? That is my fashion game, <laughs> my golf fashion. Thanks to Swannies.co, who we partnered with a couple of, yes. you know, about a month ago now. They gave us a uh, 25% off coupon, mm-hmm. dad bod golf pod dash 25. You can take 25% off your order. They are got it. They have a fully stocked website. They have a hard time keeping stuff because it sells out so fast. Fully stocked website now. Check it out. They've got all kind of prints, things like that, polos that you that you like. They got joggers that I'm eventually going to try oh, when boy. it cools off. Uh, they got awesome hats. The Delta snapback hat's like the most comfortable hat I've ever worn. It's waterproof, so you can sweat like crap in it, and yes. it's not going to show the the rings or things like that. It's all it's awesome. So nice. check it out, swannies.co, dadbod golf pod, dash 25. Take 25% off your next order. See? It's that easy. That easy. Save. <laughs> and look good. And yes. As you you've you've if you get a chance to follow us on Instagram, dadbod golf pod, easy to find. You'll see some of the photos that uh, Kyle has uploaded some of the stuff that he's worn uh, from Swannies, and uh, and even they commented on it. They like the way like the way it looked as well. Sure, absolutely. I mean, how can you not? I know, man. You fly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on, yep. I think Ben and I are about to fight. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I can't I can't even believe that he brought this up and he's on this side after you know I became a tour caddy. That's why I brought it up. And maybe that's why he did it. But, ev- um, not because of you, but because everybody else is all for it. And I'm just like, no, I think there's some more thinking that needs to go into this. Gotcha. Well, what we're talking about is Max Homa on Twitter after Shoffley won, won the gold. He you know pretty much put himself out there, talked about how he felt like the caddies – of the winning team also deserve medals. Mm-hmm. And it started, you know, some pretty good debates, but I figured we'd have one. Yep. And uh, I'll let you go first. State your case, and I'll smite it down afterwards. My my thing is, is as much as I love the fact that you've been a tour pro caddy. I am. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> 
Haven't the, the career's not over. The career's not over. <laughs> Sorry, staying corrected. <laughs> currently. Uh, currently a tour pro caddy. Just <laughs> taking a long break right now yeah, until yeah. the next tour comes through. Exactly. Um, I, I just don't know that they need a medal. Yes, they carry the bag. Yes, they club them on, in some instances. Yes, they act as their psychiatrist slash psychologist from time to time. But I told you before we've we've talked off air about this, I think that opens the door to who's next. Does Butch Harmon get a, a gold medal because he helped coach the winning team because of some adjustments that got made? Um, does the agent also get a gold medal? Does the swing coach, does the putting coach, does the home course pro that they're that they belong to like where does it stop okay so this is a lot of times in in debates the slippery slope argument gets thrown in and it's a in my opinion it's a big it's almost a big stretch because the 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 argument is oh if we give the caddies one who do, who do we go next as if the caddy isn't a part of the team this is a team this no, is no no this has become a team when jordan Came on tour and started this whole we crap. We did this. Our camp did this. We did this. We nah, did. Because let me tell you something. Morikawa, who lost in the playoffs and did not end up with the bronze, nobody said that he and his caddy lost in the playoffs. Colin Morikawa lost in the playoffs. I get. I I understand that. So if if, but sti- but if they're going to harness the gold, they got to harness the defeat to go along with it. And you know maybe we got to start educating on terminology. Like we got to start <laughs> saying they or the or whatever. But like we know, like the 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 process that some of these tour caddies go through the go through. Like it's literally, you know, look at Bryson. The way that is a that is a team job. Like he he has to have a guy that's willing to do the most insane things squirt his balls balls with water stuff like like he was you know spritz it with and he's spritz. paid handsomely for that right but it's that is a that is not that is not a someone that's just sitting on the sideline that's like give that's giving him advice that's somebody that's literally going through the process with that's like that's like a point that's that is like a uh, a dis- distribution point guard they're not scoring the points they're yeah, not but, scoring the points, but they're dishing out assists. That's exact. That's that's the exact relationship that I view. They're on the roster. See, I'm looking right now at the St. Jude FedEx Classic that's coming up. All they got is the player names. There's not one single caddy name sitting on this list right here. That's just semantics. <laughs> that's just semantics in the way golf scores things. The way golf scores things. You're not. There's no golfers out there. For, first off, there's there's no golfer out there that's not going to not have a cat. That's not going to just not take a caddy at this level. They're all going to have caddies. So that that's the importance right. right there. This isn't somebody that you go see once a week, a swing coach. This isn't your agent that just, just handles your finances and things like that. This is the guy that you have, you, you go to battle with. This is the guy that this is your, your wingman. This is the guy that's going to talk you down off the ledge. That's going to shoulder the burden of the, you know, making sure you're still fresh throughout the round. This is the guy that's going to get, be at the course before you even get the, to the course. That's going to be reading the greens. It's going to be walking off how far the bunker is to this, that, and the other. That's going to do all the homework on the front end. So all you have to do, you don't have to worry about anything other than performing. That is a, I mean, that is the definition of a team. 
That there's is no chance. There's a role. There's a role for the actual competition, not the pre-work to the competition. There is a role for this guy during the competition. There's a role for both of them. So in my mind, yes, the caddy is a team member. He deserves a medal just like Jordan Spieth I think or Xander Shoffley or whoever wins. I think me and Matt Kuchar completely disagree. <laughs> That's that one time. Come on, man. That's that one time. That one, just that one time that he stiffed the guy. Yeah. He did. He stiffed him bad. He stiffed I, him bad. That's a whole other argument because we can get into that too because I I'd even said I had an argument with a buddy of mine that was talking about that about him being a jerk and stiffing him. I was like, no. See, I'm I'm in, a, I'm I, in, we agree on this. I'm in, I'm in sales. The whole thing was agreed upon beforehand. <laughs> we, we actually do agree on that. Well, let me tell you something. That ca- if, 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 if your guy, when you were here. Yeah. And you were and you were caddying. If he says I'm giving you five hundred dollars to carry my clubs, win, lose, or draw, and then he goes and wins twenty grand, the and winner he, gets to, wins. 20 yeah, grand. then he wins twenty thousand dollars. You mad? No, that, we that agree. That's what deal. we agreed upon. You because know, he could have not made the he could have not made the cut. That would have been your that that's your opportunity when that negotiation takes place because that's what it is is a negotiation. Yeah, that would have been your opportunity as Kyle the caddy to go. Instead of the five hundred bucks, I'm gonna roll the dice. I'm, I'm I'm taking a chance on you. How about twenty percent? Or I'm just gonna say, yeah, ten twenty percent, regardless. Yeah, regardless. Make the cut or not. You, if you don't make the cut, I walk home empty-handed too. Right. So yeah. I I blame they tried to play poor pitiful <laughs> caddy on that deal. Yeah, that's, I blame the caddy for not nego- not being a better negotiator. Right. Because the deal was set up ahead of time and. That was not good teammate. I don't think work right there. That was not good. <laughs> that was not good teamwork. They were adversaries. But Kyle is for the medals going to the caddies. I am not. The reason I say that is because I think this is an American thing. Max Homa tweeted about it. People are talking about Xander's caddy, this, that, and the other. Nobody ain't mentioned Sabatini's caddy, and that dude went out and shot sixty-one on the final day. And nobody gave him any credit whatsoever. Nobody said, give Sabatini's caddy a silver. Well, nope. nobody likes Sabatini, so <laughs> that's a bad example. <laughs> he had to change his whole citizenship. Yeah, even his country doesn't want yeah, him his anymore. He had, kicked to, him he, out. Had to, he had to leave and go join forces with his wife. He left, uh, he, like, do you know where Slovakia is? Is it Slovakia or Slovenia that he was? Is it No Slo- idea. It's it one of the two. No, Either. it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not South Africa. It's not South Africa. Let's just and, say that. And the thing is, <laughs> it's is not on the beach. In all South the Af- famous South African golfers that have come about, ain't nobody taking up for him. No. So apparently, he's not well not liked, liked in his all. own country. There was a tournament. <laughs> there was a tournament a while back, and uh, Jordan Spieth hit into somebody, like hit into the group in front of him because he couldn't see him, mm-hmm. and it ended up being Sabatini. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I and, love the fact you that know seventeen you know throws his hands up and Jordan and there's a there's a mic close to him and, and Jordan's like it could have literally been anybody else <laughs> <laughs> like he's so well known you know the, the years they ago him. he and Bubba got into it there was another guy was it Ben Crane that plays real slow Ben Crane is a slow player and, and Sabatini would literally just leave like he would finish the hole yes. and just leave. And like, kind of be a jerk about it. Ben Crane is a slow player, but it's kind of funny. It, I guess, it depends on your personality if you're a slow player or not in pro golf. Because players never complained about Crane, and even Crane owned up to it. He said, "Man, I have got some mental demons. I have got stuff going on. I back off of a ball really." His biggest thing, probably in his slow play though, was if you ever saw his putting routine. Holy moly! It took him forever to get the ball to the hole. I mean, he would read the thing over and and it's like, bro. Hit it. 
Like, we're done. Um, but there's other guys that have had slow play, and I think their personality, like the Brysons of the world. Right. Makes it hard to... And Bryson does it to himself because you've heard Brooks talk about it. You've heard DJ talk about it. Like, when you know you're between 135 and 140 out, you got a roundabout figure of what club you're about to hit. Why are you walking it off? Why have you not pulled a club? Yeah. Why have you not pulled a club while the other guy is hitting that you outdrove? Yeah. Why are you not up there already? Had, why do you wait till the other guy hits, ball lands, see where it stops, and it's like, okay, what's the yardage? Like, that should have been done way ahead of time. You got time. So You got time to work that out. I, I guess I, I guess it depends on personality because you didn't hear – I mean, you saw the friends at Ben Crane. I mean, he's kind of fell by the wayside just because his game went to pot, but – um, back when he, you know, the golf boys, golf boys, and Rory Bubba, I mean, Mahan, Ricky, you know, all those, all those guys. They, Ricky, not Rory. Yeah, Ricky. They all got along, and nobody ever complained about his slow. Oh, matter of fact, as I said, the only person that complained about his slow play was himself. He's like, look, man, but he made fun of himself. He, he did. He's like, I hold guys. I just up. googled this. I just googled Ben Crane, Rory Sabatini, and this article popped up. It says, "Is Rory Sabatini the meanest person in golf?" <laughs> It is. He's he's a jerk, man. That's such a lame article title. I'm almost about to start liking Rory Sabatini now. <laughs> That's so lame. Like if you if that if if we're calling people mean now, like oh my god, he um, just say he's a jerk. And he and Bubba. There was an instance where Bubba was was hitting, and he like he and his caddy lifted up the clubs. And not that Bubba's got rabbit ears, but I guess it happened like four or five times. And finally, Bubba lashed out at him. Yeah, and he was like, man, that's like the fifth time. And, it, like, after he hit, he turned around, and Sabatina, like, looked at him, and they kind of had to stare off from across the – and Bubba was close enough to a mic where you get – Bubba doesn't cuss, so no. they were able they were able to play it. And that was one of the things that he said, like, walking down. He goes, that guy just cannot sit still. Like, every time I'm trying to hit – and Bubba's not a slow player. Like, he's somebody that he's got his club pulled. He's ready to go. He pulls the trigger, and Sabatini still was walking around during his backswing. Yeah, well, they're both, but Bubba, I think, is viewed probably not. Oh, he's a hothead. Kind of similar to, to Rory, but, but yeah, um, I don't even know how we got to the, this point. I don't know either. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't, no, it doesn't matter. So yeah, Caddy deserve gold medals, and um, Xander Shoffley is a clutch putter. Now that he's if, gone back. If, if you're Kyle, if you're Kyle, Caddy's it's the open and Caddy's deserve <laughs> gold medals too. I mean, he's like semi right on both of them, but that's all I'm giving him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I'll take fifty percent anyway. Right. So Xander goes away from the arm lock. Yes, and becomes clutch putting again. Yes, he made it. People don't realize because that's that's what I hated about the golf not being like it was prime time, but it wasn't prime time, and. 2 a.m. is not prime. Yeah, time. 2 a.m. When they're finishing up at 2 a.m., that's not prime time for me. And he made a very clutch putt to preserve. Yeah. The, to keep Avoid him going the in the playoff. Against a hot Sabatini that was, I mean, he shot 61, the guy on the course that day. So that's not the guy you want to go up against in a playoff. A hot uh, Sabatini, that sounds like a chick drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a hot Sabatini. It's probably rude, too. A side <laughs> of rude to go along. Mean, excuse me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he made a clutch putt, and it could be because you could make clutch putts too using Sweet Rolls. Absolutely. Sweet Rolls Golf with a Z. SweetRollsGolf.com. Uh, you can get sick trip printed putter yes. uh, grips. Uh, they're a little bit big, bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not uh, awesome, different, awesome, different patterns. Uh, they're restocking every day. 
Uh, you can use uh, coupon code DADBOD20. Take 20% off your next order. They got cool hats, other accessories, things like that. Uh, That's like tax plus some. You know, most people will be like, get 10% off. You might as well say I'm getting it tax free. Yeah. This, this is, is tax and then some. This is plus. 20% off. Yeah. You can get you a really nice putter grip. At least when you look down, you feel good. Mm-hmm. You know you look good. And then that's that's two out of three right there. Then you just got to roll it. And uh, when you when you feel good about it, you feel comfortable over it, you know you look good, you know, in theory, <laughs> should make everything else kind of work good in too. In theory. Sweet, so, sweetrollsgolf.com. That's with a Z, sweetrollsgolf.com. Dadbod20. Uh, we'd already mentioned Swanee's earlier, swanee's.co, and that's dadbod, or dadbodgolfpod-25. So, uh, we got, we'll got. we we'll recap these at the end, but you guys go and visit some of these guys helping us out as well as uh, trying to give you guys some discounts so they can get their product out on the course, and you will absolutely love it, I promise you. Absolutely. So we both are the most like inefficient local golf podcast. We have to be the most inefficient local go- golf podcast like out there. Like we're, we're, we're the epitome of life gets in the way. Yes. Like literally, me with an appendectomy laid up. You have been to the beach for the 15th time in the last six months. <laughs> I, I, I just got back from the beach. But while we were gone, while Ben was out, you know, on the mend yep. this past weekend, and I was at the beach, Jordan Spieth comes to town <laughs> and plays. Uh, he's he's working with Jason Duffner and, mm-hmm. you know, local guys like Will Claxton. I think Smiley Kaufman came down there and uh, J- uh, Jordan – and Jason are getting ready for the, you know, the St. Jude in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And we're nowhere to be found. Nope. This is at Kyle's home course, this is by one, the way. One day they were at my my home course, Auburn University Club, all day long. Because I see, I see the Auburn men's golf it decides to send out a uh, store, Instagram story. And we follow that with Dad by Golf Pod. I mean, we're, you know, we don't hide the fact we're in Auburn. We, you know, we've got Auburn University golf right here. We play where the... Where the team plays, where some of the former team team members play in practice, and yeah, um, and so it comes down, and and also he has a new sponsor, by the way, HBO Max on his bag. I saw that, which was very cool. It was very obnoxious. Yeah, it was. Logo. It was <laughs> very obnoxious. It was super obnoxious. It logo. did not fit the. It, for some reason, it didn't fit the bag. I don't know who designed that, but it didn't work right for me. No. Um, but anyway, he's he's on the range, not far from where you and I were on the range together. He was just down there at the other end. Yep, and. It was like so good to have um, this guy, this guy in Auburn for a few days. So of course I screen grab it and I send it to Kyle. I said, "Hey, where are you on this?" <laughs> yeah, I said, "Unfortunately, I have seen it, and I'm nowhere near that area right now." So yeah. that was that stunk. But apparently, so um, the first day they were at Sagahatchee, which is another local club, played there. Um, got a lot of attention. People started sending me texts. I'm like, of course, they come to town, and I'm. Which is kind of odd, yeah. Because uh, is he in the field of the St. Jude this weekend? Yes, yes. So I mean, it's not like we, I mean we're eight hour drive from Memphis. It's not like this is on the way to Memphis. So I, I'm not real sure what the deal is. So this is here. what this is what I was told. So okay. he and Jason are both playing, uh, I believe, in the uh, St. Jude in, mm-hmm. in Memphis, and apparently. Either in Dallas or Austin, wherever Spieth lives, it's a dr- it's like a drought, and it's like 120 degrees right now. Mm-hmm. Now it's not a it doesn't feel a whole lot cooler here, but I think the conditions we've we've had a fairly wet July mm-hmm. and early August, so I think the conditions 
were going to be a whole lot similar to Memphis than Probably. would, you know, where he lives out in Texas. So I guess somewhat of a simulation, mm-hmm. uh, sort of get get a little bit of better better feel. It's not as hard here. It's still, you know, relatively soft. So kind of give him a little bit better of a um, feel. And I'm not sure what Smiley Coffin was doing. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Well, I mean, he's he's still he's living in Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he just popped down and and he's decided, getting ready for a member guest somewhere. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, he <laughs> listen, he tears it up up there in Birmingham. I mean, it. Uh, it's funny because a couple of times I've been up there to play a couple of different courses. Um, you get told by some of the locals, "Oh, you just missed Smiley Coffin." I, ah, man, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I hate that. And and I think he still, I, he must have made enough money. The limited time he was on tour, he still vacations with JT and and Jordan when they do their their yeah. their spring break. Duffner's not in the field, by the way. Duffner's not in the field. So no, maybe. so he was just coming to hang out with Duffner. They're big buds. He plays. He used to play in that charity tournament every year. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Smiley, we not really. Sure. I guess he was just there for friendship with with Justin, and then uh, Clax. He's he's around all the time. Yeah. Uh, I play golf with him quite a bit, so. He's another local guy that's played on tour that, you know, there's actually quite a bit of dudes that around the area that still play on tour Oh yeah, that we get to hang out with every now and then. So um, kind of transitioning from that into the um, FedEx St. Jude Championship, uh, which is a world golf, uh, one of the world golf um, WGC events. Which is why all these players are wanting to play in it. Cause I told you slam packed. I told you, I said, I am shocked that, he put it on his Instagram story. Um, Xander, he wins gold, and Monday morning he's in a press conference in Memphis from Tokyo to talk about number one winning the gold medal, but number two, what to expect out of Memphis this week because they'll play in. I'm sure, they've already done their pro am because um, as we record this on a Wednesday before it airs on Thursday, Thursday be the opening round, so they're in the midst of practice rounds right now, or maybe the pro am's day. I'm not sure. Um, uh, but it's at the TPC Southwind, which has been hosting it since the late eighties. And, uh, this is a beautiful course. Uh, I think this is one that's partially owned by Justin Timberlake. I think he's got some investment. In it. He has, that a, sounds right. He that has his right. own course in Memphis, like his own little, pro- but he keeps trying to get, uh, tournaments to go to. And there have been some tournaments that go there, but this, with this being a world golf event, um, with it being a WGC event, uh, it's got to be a PGA sanctioned course. So that's why they're always here at uh, TPC Southwind. So uh, it is a beautiful course. I, if you ever get a chance to go to this, if if you are listening and you're within driving distance or you're just a big fan of Memphis, they give you a lot of access. The one time that I've been to this course, you can walk just about anywhere. And I will advise to you, go to the practice rounds. There are a lot of times in the practice rounds, if you can catch a cool guy like a Duff, or uh, uh, John Daly or somebody like that, they will actually let you inside the ropes and walk with them. I mean, sick. And so if if you get it, this is a probably not now. Nah, probably not now. <laughs> not with not with COVID. You're probably right. They probably won't let that now. Let me get that swab real quick. Uh, uh, but once you know, once the restrictions and all that are lifted, I this is one of the cool tournaments to go to. That even though it's a WGC event, it doesn't feel that way because it's I don't know if it's the Southern hospitality or just the. Uh, Kind of the the laid back Memphis vibe that they have, yeah. But they kind of let you do whatever you want to do. That's and, awesome. I mean, because you know, in most most courses, you got to have like a VIP pass to get like up into the grandstands and stuff like that. There are certain grandstands you do not have to do that, 
And so you can Sweet. go up and you can sit and you can have a beer or two and watch a hole and then move, and it's covered because it is hot and that kind of thing. So, uh, man, if you get a chance to to go to this, it is an awesome tournament to go to. And uh, we need and to a, go to this next year. Cool, cool. Yeah, it is. It's it, when it, you're not when you're not when <laughs> surgery when you're when not I, pre uh, post surgery. Yeah, let's say a small prayer. I'm not having emergency surgery again. Yeah, we need uh, to go this to this next year, year and it's let a, the dad bod golf pod get in them ropes. Yes, because the field is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and, and and a lot of it's got to do with it being a world golf event, so that's why. But I mean, you got your Mickelsons of the world, Cameron Champs of the world, uh, Victor Hoblin, who made his way over, who you know made a run. Rory, um, Rory's in Spieth, Kepka, all these guys that were uh, you know even the ones that weren't over there, but the guys that were in Tokyo are turning around and they're playing this week. And and it's for a lot of them do it too, not just because it's a world golf event. And you get extra points with that as far as FedEx is concerned. And you get WGC points. But it's for a good cause. Like they had the St. Jude right. kids that would come out there and they will they will tend the flags for them on 18 and they get to meet them and they'll sign balls and caddy bibs. They'll do stuff at the and hospital gloves. and yeah, things like, like that. It's they make big. visits and make tours. And uh, St. Jude, is a it's, a it's a great charity to be a part of. It's, you know, Give them a little plug here is I, I learned a lot with a former company that I work for. We partnered with St. Jude. No kid ever pays one single dime for any of the treatment they have. And a lot of these kids are terminally ill kids. And so they don't have to pay one single dime. And it's it's because of the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, um, even even the small mini tours. Everybody contributes to to St. Jude. They have St. Jude phonathons and stuff like that. So that way these kids that are going through the toughest of times don't have to deal with any of it. And it's probably one of the biggest charities that – PGA Tour and individual PGA Tour players give back to. It's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. I've just looked up. So Justin Timberlake does not have ownership at TPC Southwind. He had a golf course in Memphis, though, that he sold for half a million dollars. Just a half a million? Yeah, I guess he got tired of it. I didn't pull up the article. but He literally built it for himself. I remember when it was getting built and uh, built it for himself. And I guess he decided since he and his wife don't live in Memphis anymore, he just didn't need it. I guess not. Five hundred thousand. That was a sweet. That was a sweet deal. Somebody got a good deal on that because I can tell you, he put way more into it than five hundred thousand oh, dollars. I'm sure uh, he had to. He cleared the land. It was Golf Channel followed it for a while. They showed him when he cleared the land, when he bought the property, cleared the land, and how he was doing. Had certain designers come in. I think Freddie Couples was one of the designers of it, uh, along with uh, Jack. I think Jack helped out with it on some of the some of the holes. So, yeah, somebody got a great deal for a half million bucks. That's awesome. Two other guys that are in the field that we're kind of oh our hearts are kind of hurting for. Yeah, I do. I hate it for <laughs> And we're hoping we can find some loopholes and things like that. But um Siwoo Kim and Sung J M uh that were on that were representing South Korea, young guys, uh they're in this field and they're fresh off of not meddling and still having their base honestly their golf careers in jeopardy. So does kind of Yeah, um, nobody's ever really bounced back from military service in the golf world after they've served and come back and tried to get out on tour. Right. You know, um, like we were, so just to recap, in case you missed the last couple episodes and we're talking about this, uh, in South Korea, any males under age of 28, before they turn 28, have to serve mandatory service uh, time of like 20 months. Have to. You might as well say two years. You just say two it's, years. It's just under two years, but by the time they go through their their basic and serve their time, you're going to be right there at and it. it. And it's not 
I don't I don't want it to sound like they're putting them like on the front lines if there's some sort of war they're not. No. But it's just a requirement. Right. Right. A so, lot of countries had this by the way. Sure. Yeah. And some I mean some still do. Like I think Israel's one that still does stuff like that, but so the one of the only ways you can get out of it is if you ha- win a medal in some t- type of world competition. Doesn't matter what the sport is. Like there's been some tennis guys that have won medals. Mm-hmm. Uh women's track and field. I mean, there's been different, different athletes that have won things and been able to avoid the service. And Sung J may still have a chance. Sung J M I call him band-aid ear. Do you remember when he first got onto the, he first kind of like got out onto the world stage was at the president's cup in Australia and his hat was rubbing his ear off. Oh Yeah. But he was just nails the whole weekend, and everybody's yeah. like, "This guy's going to be the next big thing." So he's he's young. I think he's like twenty three or twenty four. So he's still got, you know, I think he's still got another Olympics. Uh, he'll have another chance in Paris. I think Siwoo. This is pretty much, this is pretty much it for him. Um, he's going. He's unless he just abandons Korea completely. Um, yeah, but if they do that, you're talking about. I mean, that that's going to affect his family. You got to wonder how he, you know, how he deals with that. Oh, I know, I know, and um, the reason I brought that—he's twenty-six, so he's got two years, and that's going to be beyond when they have the games in Paris. So, more than likely, he's going to have to go into his service. You know, you know, think about there's a couple of guys that are pretty famous, um, had a lot of success. You got KJ Choi, everybody yep. knows KJ Choi, um, and Ye Yang. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Ye Yang. He's the one that took down Tiger uh, in the PGA Championship in two thousand nine. Both of those guys did their service on the front end. Yes. Uh, no one that has like started their career and done service. I talked about Sang Moon Bay. You know, he won two times on the mm-hmm. PGA Tour. He went into service and he has not ever gotten back to the PGA Tour. Uh, both of those guys did their service on the front end. Um, there's another guy, his name's Charlie Wee. And he did the whole thing where they they became citizens in mm-hmm. America. So if you're a citizen in, in America, you don't necessarily have to – you're not required to go do your service in South Korea. The problem is you basically can't go back to South Korea. No. He said that, you know, he could not in – in a year's time, he couldn't spend more than six months in South Korea or like something – it triggers something where they can enforce – I don't know if they abduct you, I don't know, or arrest you or what, but they 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 can enforce the, you know, they can enforce the rule on you there. And he said that until he turned 35, he couldn't be in Korea for more than six months out of a year. And he played a lot on the Asian tour. This is Charlie Wee that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He played on the Asian tour, so like he had to be super careful about how he uh, he scheduled the way he stayed places and the events that he played. He had to get in and out of town so that the Days couldn't add up because you know they're more than likely they've got a counter on him. Yeah, like there's no <laughs> there's no practice round anything like that. He's not going. In, he's going in there. He's showing up on a Thursday, playing and getting out of there as soon as possible on a Sunday afternoon. Right. Um, Kevin Na is another one. He his whole family just moved to South uh, Southern California though, so he doesn't really have a reason. Didn't really have that. No, and that connection, I and, guess, to go back. And he still, I know that he is done. Uh, last time he won, he he asked permission, and he did part of the interview um, in his native language as as well as in English. 
I, I will say with Kevin, no, I guess he's gone full American, and um, since the American, since he married an American woman too, uh, because like even when you look at like I'm looking online, I'm looking at his name right now. The American flag's out by his name, it's, right? It's not, it's not a Korean flag, correct? Uh, so he's he's it's full citizenship. He's he's all American now. So I, I guess he'd actually be eligible if he would have been eligible to play for the United States if he would have been one of the one of the top four players or top you know top five players. Uh, for the for the Olympics, and he said, you know, Kevin Na, when they asked him about this, he basically said that, you know, you can practice all you want, but if you don't play in competition, you'll you're obviously going to come back really rusty. And the the two guys that have gone to serve, like have played and gone to serve, they've never been the same. I want to correct myself. Sang Moon Bay did um, get back on the PGA Tour the eighteen nineteen season. That's mm-hmm. the first. That was after he came. He served. But he missed 14 out of the 22 cuts and lost his card like yeah. immediately. So like you, you you go from a two time winner, like at the peak of your like you're you're in the not peak, but you're in the what's it called prime. That's yeah, the word I'm looking the, for. Yeah, you're yeah. in the prime of your career. You have to shut it down cold turkey and then try to get it back. Like man, golf's just not that way. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, I you and I talked about this uh, beforehand. These some of these countries that do this, I wonder. I'm sure. I mean, it's government that's talking, and we're not going to get into politics and government and all that kind of stuff. But um, did they realize that on a national stage, they could bring more good things to their country right. as a professional golfer, being on television four days a week, especially if they're in contention, than they would in their military service. Not. Because as I said, they're not sticking them on the front lines. They're they're basically doing this because it's a quote-unquote requirement. Right. Because you've heard some of the players that have had to go through this service. Uh, there was um, even some... I forgot where it was. It was Scandinavian country or Nordic country. It was either Finland, Sweden, Norway, where they still require like a, um, a one-year service that you have to do. Um, and so... That was one thing that they. <laughs> that's mine ringing, by the way. <laughs> we'll just decline that. There we go. <laughs> um, and so it, it's it, in some other countries. What they do is when they do the military that that military service may be doing something like being an apprentice at an accountant's place or being an apprentice at a at a golf place for like six months. These guys have got to serve twenty months, man. I know it's tough. There's no and there's no way to get around it. But that I was. You know, as you read this Golf Digest article, and I'll, I might tweet this out for everybody to, you know, read it and just kind of, you know, be thinking about these dudes and hoping that there's some sort of exemption or something like that that they can get out of it. But they, the culture there, they view it so, like, put such an emphasis on it. They know that, like, if they don't all buy in, the it'll just complete, the, the whole military thing could just completely collapse, and they don't have a huge population to be able to. Right. Like America, we have 330 million people in our Military service is completely voluntary. They don't necessarily have that pool to no, have an effective military. I, told, I so totally get it. I'm just it sucks bad. I'm just saying bad. if 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 your country is being well represented already, I know I, I'm with you on that. Should, should there be some considerations? But I, but I, I'll be like you. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, because then they're like they're then they're trying to get Sue's caddy exempt and. <laughs> No, but that's that's tough. Which shouldn't happen because he can't get a medal, so there's no point in him being exempt. Well, all right, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll relent that. It comes full circle. It comes full circle. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I'll tweet this article out. Everybody, take a look. Um, 
It's good to be back in studio. Yeah, man. Feels good to see you again. Yeah. Face to face. Maybe sound, I'll be able to play some golf sometime within the next. Yeah, we got to get we got to get you on the we got to get going on the YouTube and uh, get some matches going. Maybe we can get a little short game chip off or something going on that and some. Sort I like of, my chances of you having your issues with your putting. Well, I can chip. <laughs> I can't get in the hole after that. I can't get. Okay. Out. I'm All hoping right. it's gimme. It needs to be in the leather, and then I have to have friendship. Okay. All right. I get it in the leather and still need friendship to make sure it goes in, but. Uh, now we'll get we'll get going here soon, um, and y'all just uh, continue to you know continue to you know follow us, rate, subscribe, review mm-hmm. on the uh, iPod app. I mean iTunes app, podcast app mm-hmm. on the podcast app on Apple iTunes. How about that? Did that did that work that time? I don't know. You have trouble saying the name of the pod sometimes. So I'm rate, not sure subscribe, <laughs> review. It helps. <laughs> All that stuff helps when people are searching for us, searching for podcasts. The more five-star reviews, the more reviews in general we have, yes. the better we'll show up. Then that come on, in turn, Spain, pull us through. Come on, Spain. We're, we're you know, we're Number leaning one. on you. We're yeah. leaning on you. Leaning that, on you, baby. But the more listens we have will lead to more deals that we have with, with sponsors, which means more savings for you guys. So, you know, help us out. The funnier they are, we'll read it. Yeah, we're not scared. No, we we will be more than happy to to do. And if, and if we can recognize your name, yes. we'll just straight up call you out. Yeah, we'll call you out. Yeah. I have no problem with that either. <laughs> we'll so do a whole segment on it. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, any of those places you can find us. TikTok, and it's going to be Dad Bod Golf Pod, and uh, Swannies Co is where you can go to Dad Bod Golf Pod dash two five. That's twenty five percent off Swannies Co. Dad Bod Golf Pod dash two five or twenty five. SweetRollsGolf.com. And that's Sweet Rolls with a Z. SweetRollsGolf.com. DadBod20 is how you get 20% off. Also, feel free to call us and leave a message. Maybe that's who was calling just a minute ago. I'm not real sure. Might be. 334-521-8307. <laughs> because it does go like straight to my phone. So it could be somebody for us. I'm not sure. 334-521-8307. And leave us a message. And we'll even play that back if it, if it's if it's playable. I mean, if you call us and cuss us out, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but if if you're if you're making fun of us, we pr- we make fun of each other, so we're probably going to do that as well. We may try to learn how to censor. Exactly, we can do that. I can censor it. We can censor, put the beeps in there. Yeah, I can I can bleep it. Three three four five two one eight three zero seven. Good deal. Y'all catch us next time. Dad by golf pod. Always stroking. You've been listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.